Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Responsible Entrepreneur podcast, where we talk with entrepreneurs who are changing industries, various social systems, cultural paradigms, and how we govern ourselves. So they cover a broad range of ideas. And if you want to know more about that, you can check the Responsible Entrepreneur book, which talks about how I see people doing that from 15 entrepreneurs I have uh, worked with closely. So welcome, Jeffrey Hollander. I am delighted to have you on this podcast to talk about boards, your experience with boards. It's hard to imagine there's anyone who doesn't know who you are, but let's get everyone grounded in uh, your, you know, at a high level, especially your connection to boards. Could you do a little of that intro of yourself? Sure, sure. Well, first of all, Lovely and wonderful to be chatting with you, Carol, as always. And uh, I am what you might consider a serial entrepreneur. I've started about six companies. And because of that, I've had to create six different boards of directors. And uh, one of those companies that is probably the most well-known is Seventh Generation that I started and spent 20 years at. And Carol and I, we work together closely at Seventh Generation. And uh, I have also served on a lot of boards from Greenpeace to the American Sustainable Business Council uh, and uh, served on nonprofit as well as for-profit boards. So I've had a bit of experience as a member and as an organizer and as a leader of different types of boards of directors. Great. Uh, that's why I wanted to talk to you. And you, your experience is so varied between how things went. Some, you wouldn't say piece of cake, but certainly were not traumatic. Others had ups and downs. And you're now in a place that's very interesting. So I wanted to draw on all of that. But let's start kind of at the beginning. Because the folks who work with me and who listen to the podcasts I do are often suddenly in the mind that they have to create a board. Either their investors are pushing for that or they're realizing they need something. And I think it's your experience of forming boards and just go on about that too. You feel like you've covered the territory of kind of what the principles are, the way you think about it, how you reference when you say, ah, I need to form a board. Right. So it's a really important process and it has a huge effect on the company and a huge impact on the life of the CEO, the person running the company, because in many respects, legally and, and otherwise, the CEO and the senior management team are working for the board yeah. and the board is put in place to represent the shareholders and investors in the company. So I would say, choose your board members carefully. Choose them as carefully or more carefully than you would choose an employee. Do due diligence on them. Find out from other CEOs. One of the things that I do all the time is I ask a potential board member, who else's board have you served on? Because I'd like to talk to the CEO who you were on the board with to see what it was like working with you. Be upfront, interview those CEOs and find out what it was like to have that individual as a board member. Interview the board member yourself. Ask them, why do they wanna be on the board? 
what are they hoping to get out of it? And if their only interest is in watching out after the money they've invested in your company, that should be a warning sign. You don't want a board member that is so singularly focused on taking care of their own investment. That's not a good board member. And that's really not what a board member should do. A board member should be looking out for all of the company's stakeholders, not just its shareholders. It's really important to have a diverse group of board members. You don't want just financial types on your board. In my opinion, it is terrific to have an employee representative on a board, someone who is representing the interests of your staff. At a company like Seventh Generation, where we were very concerned about the environment, it's critical. And today, uh, the Seventh Generation Board has a whole group of people that come from different NGOs who are experts on the environment and can look at the company and its impact and its influence through the lens of their knowledge about the environment. So diversity is really important. The board usually goes through a growing process as the company evolves and develops. You want people who are capable of growing, interested in growing, and have a sense as we learn so much from the work together, who is this board gonna help you become? And that's a really important question and many people simply won't be able to answer that question because they don't have a sense of their own being, let alone their own becoming. Right. What are your intentions as a board member? What do you intend to do? What will guide the way you show up at these meetings? Really important question. And again, Carol, many of these are things that I've learned from you. What legacy do you want this board to leave? How will this board be remembered by the people who it's responsible to? If you're uh, a board member, I think it's also important that you have a long-term perspective. Hmm. One of the challenges of board members is they always think that their biggest responsibility is quarterly earnings. And that's a dangerous, dangerous place to be focused. Companies are built over the long term. They're built over years, if not decades. You want board members who have that long-term perspective. You also want board members who understand the purpose of the company, not just its financial goals, but its purpose. Why was the company created? What is it intending to do? What effect does it to seek to have on society and the environment? And how will this individual be able to contribute to the business fulfilling its purpose, not just its financial objectives? Those are some of the thoughts that I have about what one would look for in a board member. So I was listening through the mind of the people who I knew needed to hear from you. And one thing question that popped in my head they would wonder about is you're describing it as though you're completely in charge of setting up a board. Some of these people didn't think about a board 
are now being uh, pressured. Their investors are demanding certain things. Is there anything, if you didn't get your arms around it, kind of at the beginning, like you're talking about, that you can do to lift up the conversation or grow the way you talk about it? Have you learned anything about that? Yes. And you, if, if, if you end up with a board and you haven't had a chance to go through this filtering process first, you then have to think about how you're going to grow and develop those individuals that you find yourself with. Part of that is the way in which you interact with those board members outside the board meetings. You do not want to leave all of the communication and dialogue to the board meetings with a group of other people. You need to establish your own relationship with each board member. You need to get to know them. They need to get to know you. You need to begin to create a plan for how you will grow and evolve the board. So if the board doesn't understand the purpose of the company, you need to spend time at the board meeting, exploring, discovering, helping them understand what the company's really about, what it is that the customers of the company are looking for. And that process is not the way people normally design board meetings. They usually design board meetings as an update of information. Right. They don't design them from a developmental perspective. And there is a great opportunity to design the board meeting so that yes, it fulfills those informational needs, many of which you can address by the materials you send out in advance. Do send out materials in advance. Don't send them out a day or two before the meeting, which will ensure no one reads them. Send them at least a week in advance of the meeting. And make sure those materials also contribute to the developmental process that you're seeking to have unfold at the board meeting. But there is no replacement for those one-on-one -on -one relationships. Yeah. For the board really getting to know you, getting to know you as a whole human being, your aspirations, your passions, as well as your purpose for the company and the company's purpose. Great. Could you give an example of what you have done to work kind of developmentally? And, and I know you enough, I could guess, but I'd like to hear more about what it means about how you interact with them, how you interact outside of board meetings, and maybe how you work developmentally in them. What does that look like? Well, sometimes you have to do a little bit of discovery and you have to find out where you can connect with the board member outside of the financial performance of the business. Oh. That could be through their children. That could be through what they studied at college. That could be through their outside interests. But you need to think of them, even though they might not show up that way as whole people with interests that are more diverse than what they might show up looking like in the board meeting. Because in the board meeting, it's money, 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 sales, 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 sales. And you don't want to limit your relationship and dialogue to those two areas. Not that they're not important. Of course, they're important. But 
focusing exclusively on those two things is not going to help the company fulfill its purpose. Yeah. Um, I know you mentioned you've been in not-for-profit boards like Greenpeace, like uh, SBC. Is there a difference for you because they're more cause-driven, right, organizations? So if you have done a social enterprise or a, you know something that feels like it has a deep meaning, less likely to become uh, driven by financials, what would it mean to form that kind of board, to grow that kind of board, to work with that kind of board? Or is it exactly the same with a few word substitutes? You know, in some ways, for-profit boards need to be more like not-for-profit boards that are focused on purpose and impact. And not-for-profit boards need to be more, more like for-profit boards where there are clear goals, metrics, and measurement and objectives. So I think both types of boards can learn from each other. One of the things that I find at not-for-profit boards is they're not as good at establishing goals and metrics and objectives. And they should be doing that just the way a for-profit company sets up its goals, objectives, and metrics. So I think both types of companies can learn from each other. And there is a, a great opportunity to use some of the same principles in both. When we think about purpose, clearly a nonprofit has a purpose, but we have to think about purpose at a for-profit in a much more similar way than is traditionally done. All right, um, I am, am founding a new community of boards and board members, uh, and I've got my first dozen. And one of the things I've described it as is a regenerative view of being a board because boards have become uh, especially for-profit boards, more like um, command and control organizations, right? They, there's a legal responsibility. And yet I believe there is a different responsibility than just watching the management, right? Which ends up being, we're finding out where, and not that you don't need to know what's going on there, you do. But there are things that need to be done that no one's doing that I think a board could have, may have a larger role. And I'm wondering what your opinion is if you were gonna really lift up the idea of the potential of a board. Well, one of the things that occurs to me is, I think one of the most critical and valuable functions in any company is customer service. The person that's there on the phone listening to what customers have to say, the concerns they have, the problems they have, I think it would be wonderful for board members to do some training and listen in on and answer some customer service calls. That will allow them to experience the business through the eyes of the consumer, and that's really critical. I think they should get to know non-board members and not just the senior management, but people from different parts of the company, people working in research and development. So they need to have a broad and diverse exposure to the staff at the company. And uh, in, in many respects, uh, I think that, that, that you need to broaden the dialogue that happens at the board meeting and maybe bring in a diverse set of people. Maybe 
seventh generation should bring in, as they do, the representatives of, of nonprofit environmental groups to sort of see how they see the company. How is the company interacting with them? Is there different and better ways in which the company can care for and help regenerate the environment? So I think there's a tremendous amount of opportunity, but you've got to have board members that are willing to do this. You've got to have board members who have the passion to really understand and engage with the company in a holistic fashion, not just from a financial and a sales perspective. Yeah. Well, you're now back on a board with seventh generation, right? And I'm wondering how that feels sitting there and what you're able and thinking about now that you might not have been thinking about before, but, and you're now a board member. I'm, you're a member of what? I'm a member of the seventh generation board, which is a division of Unilever. And uh, it's really different being a board member than being the CEO who is running and managing the meeting. Uh, I was a terribly impatient CEO and I have learned to become a much more patient board member. As the recipient of some bad board behavior on my original board's part, I think I'm a little kinder and gentler in the way in which I interact with the management of the company yeah. and probably am a little less critical and more sensitive to the opportunity for growth and development and less expecting it all to be there in the way I ex hoped it would be. One of the delightful parts of it is coming back to help uh, sort of uh, manage the legacy that I left behind and to still be able to have a hand in how the company grows and unfolds. And it's, it's amazing. I mean, since I've left, the company is two to three times bigger than it was before. So it's become something that has much more influence and much more potential uh, than it had when I was there as the CEO. That's wonderful. Um, the only last question I think that I have is what should a board member expect to themselves, like you're talking about patients. There is something about board members who often enter and think of themselves as the expert, uh, the decider of whether or not things are being done well inside. But what else would you suggest besides maybe a little patience that is a, a developmental possibility. You could even work with board members, not, not necessarily uh, as a management team working with them, but then like having a committee that works on their development. What should they be paying attention to? They can go pull in outside people, interview them, but are there different kinds of questions they should be asking uh, if they got the mind idea to do that? Yeah, I think they have to start by reflecting on the pattern and way in which they behaved on other boards and how might they want to be different. What, what have they done in the past that they weren't so happy with? How might they want to upgrade their behavior? How might they want to show up differently? You know, we all have a habit of following patterns that we've established. 
and board members tend to behave the same and occupy the same roles wherever they go. One person is sort of the accounting expert and one person might be the legal expert. One person might be the sales expert. Someone else might be the operational expert. And we don't wanna confine ourselves to those roles when we show up. And we might wanna think about how can we be different how can we show up as whole people rather than narrow experts in a particular discipline that we've spent our lives being focused on? I realized I did offer you one other question to see if you would add to it. That one was very helpful. But when I worked with you, which was one of the most uh, fulfilling times of my life, including all the ups and downs, loved it all. We work with ideas which are very different than tend to be in the normal mainstream. And in fact, very different that are in what are purpose-driven, mission-driven businesses. And I'm wondering if there's anything out of that that feels relevant to your work with boards, on a board, um, building boards, that you think if that were brought into the way boards thought, it might help. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that one opportunity is how through the board and your individual relationship with board members, can you help contribute to that individual's growth and development? And how can you design your relationship so that you design it in a developmental fashion, both for the board member and for yourself? What would you like to learn from this individual? What can they teach you? How can they help you become who you want to become? And I think that too often we fall into roles that repeat the behavior we've had in the past and don't allow us to tap into these new possibilities of learning and development that can happen and should happen in all relationships, including with your board members. Now, the challenge is finding people that are willing and eager to participate yeah. because this is not necessarily for the faint of heart. And it is a challenging, sometimes scary process, uh, but invite them into it. Show them your excitement, show them how you've benefited and how you've learned and how the business is benefiting from this type of developmental work. Great. Well, thank you for answering those questions. They were ones which have been being posed to me. And I finally said, I need somebody who's been in those shoes. So thank you for doing that. My pleasure as always.